This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. This year, we're, we're honoring two people. We're honoring Ron Duguay, who I know is a good oh! friend of yours. But who else? Who else you honor besides Ron Duguay? Who's the second guy? The second guy, it's very important that you show up because the second guy is going to be you. What? We're honoring, we're honoring Ron Duguay and Sid Rosenberg. No, you're not. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Come, Stevie, stop, stop. You being serious? I'm telling you, we're announcing it right now live. It's Ron and you, baby. Come on. Yep. For yep. real? Absolutely, because of your great support of the police, and we know that. Oh, my Everybody God. Everybody knows that. Oh, my God. And so this year, we're, uh, we're, we're honoring both of you guys. You're going to come, you know, it's going to be great. Just yesterday on this program, the great little Stevie, Stephen Van Zandt, who puts on that uh, really cool policeman's ball every year at the Mandarin Hotel in New York City. And last year they honored uh, Frank Caron. At the time, he was still Mayor Adams' uh, I guess, uh, chief, uh, I guess. And uh, this year they're going to honor two people, Ron Duguay and me. And Van Zandt floored me with that yesterday. And, of course, Promised Land, Bruce Springsteen. We always play Bruce when my next guest comes on. He's the greatest Sports talk show host in the history of the business, whether it's sitting alongside Mike Francesa, that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, or now on his own, Mad Dog Unleashed, every afternoon on Sirius XM. He's great on high heat. I love that show, MLB Network. And I love him and uh, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Proud to call this guy a friend. I really am the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, good morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good good morning. Thank you for the play. Uh, you're too nice with these introductions. How are you? Nice <laughs> with today, uh, it's on? all true. I must tell you that uh, and I kind of joked, but I was being serious. We went to that great Teddy Atlas event a couple of Thursdays ago on Staten Island. And when I walked in, I received a thunderous, thunderous amount of applause amid some big-time superstars. And then you, you son of a bitch, you're Russo right after Rosenberg. You walk in after me, you got more applause. I loved it. I didn't sense that. I didn't sense that. Uh, I had missed the Teddy Atlas event the last couple of years, so I was glad I went. Teddy's the best. You did a good job there with Greg Papa, with Greg with uh, Bob Papa, yeah. as far as all the work you did with the in- intros. You and Brian Kenny, you guys did a great job with it, and he, and Teddy does a super job. That's a fun event. Tough place to get to down yeah. in uh, Lower Staten Island, yep. but uh, that was a uh, and I was glad Stephen A. showed up. Give Stephen A. credit; he was there too. So. That was a good night. Anyway, how yeah, you doing? By the way, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And he, he comes every year, Stephen A., but it's funny. I, I am doing great because you mentioned Brian Kenny. So I took a mini vacation last week, just four days in the PR with Danielle and Gabe. I'm tired, Chris. You know, the, the Israel stuff has weighed very, very heavily on me from a professional and personal standpoint. It's been a very rough eight weeks. So I go away, and I'm in the hotel. I, I arrive that night, and I go into the hotel restaurant, and there's one television in this hotel restaurant, I swear to God. 
And what are they playing on this Wednesday night? MLB Network. And there you are. You look great, by the way. Beautiful tie, blue jacket. On TV with uh, Brian Kenny, the aforementioned, the man you just mentioned, Brian Kenny. And you guys are talking about Joe Maurer maybe going to the Hall of Fame, all this great baseball stuff. I think that was the night the Mets signed Severino. But how lucky am I that on this day today, when the Yankees are hoping they got their next Reggie Jackson, I got the greatest baseball mind in the country, Chris Russo, on this show because Yankee fans are salivating. They think Juan Soto means a lot of World Series. What do you think? Well, listen, he's going to be a great Yankee. They're definitely going to re-sign him. I'd be shocked if they didn't. I mean, I know that Boris is the agent, and I understand that, you know, that's a little dubious, but the Yankees never let uh, a free agent walk who they want. So I wouldn't worry so much. It's going to cost them $500 million, but I wouldn't worry so much about that. They needed an outfielder. They needed a left-hand hitter. He can, you know, basically parachute with Judge. They can be a, you know, Batman and Robin combination. I mean, what's there not to like? I mean, unless you think Michael King is the next Whitey Ford. I mean, uh, what is there not to like? I mean, they gave up a they gave up the catcher. They gave up a couple of minor leaguers. I mean, it's a great move by the Yankees. It's it's an obvious one. I mean, the Padres took a gamble, didn't quite work out. They had to trade him. Who you know, they're not going to get a ton for him because teams are worried about re-signing him. The Yankees don't have that concern. The Yankees have a little pitching depth. Get him out of the National League. I mean, all those things. So from that standpoint, it made perfect sense. I'm not surprised. And, uh, you know, much to my chagrin, because I'm not a Yankee fan, you have to figure that Soto is going to be a big deal here in New York. He plays well in big games. He won a world championship with Washington, and he played great in that series. Uh, He had a very good year last year on a bad team. Uh, You know, he's young. He's 25, 26 years of age. Uh, He's not a good outfielder. You'll live with it. He's not a good defensive player. Who cares? Because he's going to hit 40 homers and hit 310. He's going to walk, and he's going to knock in 120 runs. What's there not to like? Great move by the Yankees. Understatement of the year, Doggy just said, I'm not the biggest Yankee fan. He hates the Yankees with a vengeance. He loves his uh, San Francisco Giants. Uh, you know, Dog, something tells me everything you just said is, is spot on, right on the money, and it should be an amazing relationship. But something tells me I'm going to put your show on at about 5 o'clock on an August afternoon driving to my mom in upstate New York. Channel 82, by the way, folks. And you're going to be going, I can't believe it. They lost again 3-1. to I don't know. You got Judge. You got Soto. They can't score. I mean, over the last couple of years, the Yankees have had big bats in their lineup, and they just couldn't seem to put it together offensively. I started to think maybe Brian Cashman is snake bit, but you are almost absolutely sure that this move makes the Yankees that potent offense we've missed the last couple of years. Well, it's in the fact that Rizzo is going to be healthier, and I still think Rizzo's a good player. Uh, you know, they obviously judges hopefully doesn't miss eight weeks with a broken toe. Stanton's <laughs> got to be a little better. Uh, Stanton has to be a little better. Volpe will be better his second year in the big leagues. I mean, listen, the Yankees are not 100% yet. I don't think they're going to get Yamamoto. I think, the Yan- I, think the, I think the Mets will get him because Steve Cohen can spend one more dollar on Yamamoto then how can. So to whatever the Yankees or anybody else spends, if the Mets want the pitcher, and it seems like they do, they can spend another buck to get him because the man's worth billions and billions of dollars, and he just went to Japan for dinner. So I don't think the Yankees are going to get him. I don't think the Yankees are going to get Blake Snell. I don't know what they're going to do with their pitching staff. But as far as their offense is concerned, Sid, the Yankees should be 
I mean, listen, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, this is a tremendous, in his prime, he's a young player. He walks, uh, you know, short porch and right. The Yankees haven't had enough left-hand hitting. I mean, this is a very, very, nothing much not to like. This is a tremendous move. I mean, I will hope that the Yankees have issues. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the Yankees last year were a terrible offensive team. Who would have thought Stanton would have hit 190? But you got to figure he'd be a little better. The Yankees are going to be very, very good. Now, the division's pretty good. The Orioles, though, don't spend any money. Kimbrell is stupid. They don't need him. He's awful. Uh, but from a standpoint of what that division, you know, with Tampa and there in Baltimore, the Yankees, I would pick them to win the American League East. Cole, their pitching will be healthier. Yankees are a big-time team. And I do think the Mets are going to get the kid from Japan. I do think they're going to get him. Well, it's I funny think. you say that. Again, this is a legend, Chris Russo, because – yeah, and again, you mentioned the fact that Cohen was in Japan not that long ago, had dinner with the family, all that stuff. And it does seem like, you know, that uh, anytime the Yanks make a move, the Mets need to follow suit. Or if the Mets make a move, the Yankees need to follow suit. I, I know that's not new necessarily, but I do feel like maybe it's ramped up now at an all-time high between Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen. Is that a, a fair statement? Well, again, the Yankees and Mets very rarely, never, have gone after the same player. Never. Uh, you know, every time that the Mets may have been interested in the player, uh, the Wilpons would back down because they didn't want to get into a bidding war. Uh, and I don't think in this particular case, with how already having signed or traded for Soto, judge last year, Rendon, I don't think he wants to get Mac, uh, you know, get into a bidding war with, um, you know, it's almost a gentleman's agreement. And I don't think he's going to get into a bidding war here with Cohen on Yamamoto. So I think the Mets will get him. Now, again, I'm assuming he doesn't have any problems pitching for the Mets. Remember, his good friend is Senga. They're very close. They're good buddies. So I think that will help, too. Um, So I think he's going to come here. Now, you know, the Dodgers need a pitcher. The Giants need somebody. So, I mean, there is competition, but I don't think that competition will come from the Yankees. I think the Mets are the leader in the pack, and I think they're going to end up getting this kid signed. Those negotiations will start on Monday. But I think Yamamoto will be a Met. And those are the two big free agents this year. I mean, well, Otani, we know. But, I mean, the three big players were Otani and obviously, uh, you know, Soto getting traded and here Yamamoto. And I think two of them are coming to New York. And I don't know where Otani's going. Maybe he's going to go to Toronto. A lot of people think he's going to be a Blue Jay. Maybe that's where he goes. Wow. No chance he goes to San Francisco, Otani? A lot of people think the Blue Jays. You know, he visited Dunedin. Um, you know, he, uh, he maybe he likes the brand of being in Canada. And remember, the Rogers is a communication company, and maybe they feel with, uh, you know, that with that market with Otani, you know, that will be something that they can make a lot of money on. Uh, he visited Dedean, which surprised a lot of us. A lot of people think that Otani is going to end up as a Blue Jay. And everybody thought before this whole process began, the Dodgers were definitely going to get him. You know, maybe he doesn't want to do that to the Angels. You know, the Angels, he leaves, and then he goes double whammies them and goes 30 miles up the highway. So maybe he goes to the American League and maybe he goes to Toronto. That's what a lot of people think right now, that Otani's going to end up with the Blue Jays and that decision by the end of the weekend. Now, who knows? He's very secretive about this, but that's the rumor. That's what people feel. You know, going back to the Yanks for a second, uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, the, uh, Russo, the great Christopher. Um, you know, the, the season ended and, and, uh, what was shocking was there was somebody fired, but it was Buck, you know, and we thought that would never happen, but I get it. I get it. David Stearns comes in. He wants his own guy, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't thrilled with the hire Mendoza, which got Severino to the Queens, by the way, but I get it. Okay. 
So now the Yankee fan is pissed. They won 82 games last year. They haven't won a World Series now since 2009. They've not been very competitive in terms of world championships. And it's another year of Cashman and Boone. And every Yankee fan, very anecdotal, Chris, but every Yankee fan I've spoken to the last couple of months, they're aggravated those guys are still here. Does this trade for Soto not take off all the heat from the Yankee execs they've been receiving for years? Yeah, plus uh, plus the owner, too. Everybody seems to think sometimes the owner's not his father and doesn't want to spend a fortune. Uh, so I think it takes some of the pressure, especially off Cashman. Boone's now going to have to win. Uh, the issue with Cashman, we all know Cashman's an excellent GM. Nobody's saying he isn't. But he's been there 25 years. I mean, Grant Tricky wasn't with the Dodgers for 25 years. Ed Barrow wasn't the Yankee general manager in the 30s and the 40s for 25 years, nor is George Weiss, 15. And Cashman's been with the Yankees for a a quarter of a century. That is way too long, way too long. And I think that is the issue a lot of Yankee fans have. Again, nobody is saying, you know, well, this is he's done a lousy job. I know the Yankees haven't been to one pennant in 13 years, but Cashman's a good GM. But 25 years, the length of his tenure is the issue. This will calm everybody down. And I think now the attention will turn to Boone there, Sid. He has to win next year. There's no question about it. He has to win next year. You and I both know that. Uh, The Yankees next year, you can make an argument that the Yankees next year, with this move, Boone's contractual status, you can make the argument for Boone's stature, he has to win a pennant. We'll have to wait and see on that. He might have to. He I agree. To. I think he has to, too. One more. We'll let you run, Chris. I want to change sports to football. You know, I understand that uh, they, they put all their eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket. I get it. But, you know, I think Sellers stuck with Zach Wilson too long. I know, listen, Tim Boyle's not the answer. Trevor Simeon, I get it. But here are the facts on Robert Sella, okay? He's not been here for the better part of three-plus years. He's coached the Jets in 46 games. He's won 15 Every year they've got this uh, great defense. They compare them to the Bears of 85 back in week one. And every year is the same nonsense. The Jets just don't compete. So, very simply, do you give them another chance one more year to see if Rodgers comes back and can make this reality a dream? Or like me, do you say 15 and 31? I've seen enough. No, I think he's going to get another year. And, again, we got to give Joe Douglas a lot of abuse here, too. A, he drafted Wilson a disaster. And, B, he did not give Siler a backup option if Rodgers got hurt. He was a 40-year-old quarterback, and he gave him no backup. So Douglas has to take some hits here, too. You're right, Siler hasn't been Vince Lombardi. Uh, but let's also <laughs> put a little blame on Woody Johnson. Let's put a little blame on Woody Johnson. They gave Rodgers everything. They gave him Hackett, who might be the worst coach in professional football. They gave him the, they gave him Hackett. They brought in Cobb. He stinks. He's shot. They brought in Lazard. He's done nothing. Rodgers wanted Cook. They brought him in here, too. The Jets have done everything in their power to bow down to Rodgers, and I understand why they did it, but Rodgers basically is running the team, not Salah, not Douglas. Woody Johnson wants Rodgers to run the team, so as a result of that, I also think Rodgers will go to bat for Sala, too. Rodgers, I'm with McAfee a couple of days ago. I watched the whole thing. And we all know Rodgers thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. The whole world knows that. Yeah. You know, he thinks that he knows more about football than you ever did. And then he's upset because there's leaks about Zach Wilson. Aaron, this is not Green Bay, Wisconsin. There's 20 million people who live here <laughs> yep. who have been, who have, and there's a million guys 
who follow the Jets for a living, who are going to get some information about why Wilson doesn't or does not want to play, whatever the case might be. But here's what Rodgers has to take some responsibility for. He wanted all these guys in here. And Woody Johnson bowed down to him and brought them all in, and all of them stink. So Rodgers has to take some responsibility for that. And I think he will. But I do think that because of that, it's not all Salah's fault. And I think Salah uh, will come back. Now, the one thing I would say, Salah cannot be sitting there texting with Joe Benigno. I know Joe's your buddy, but that, that is absolutely ridiculous. Listening to Joe's six-part manifesto on how to cure the New York Jets. He's a head football coach. What is he doing having – and listen, and Joe's a super fan, but that's what Joe is. Joe's a fan. Joe is not an executive. Joe is not a coach. He's a fan like the rest of us. And for Salah to sit there and spend days upon days communicating with Joe about how to fix the New York Jets is absolutely ridiculous. You can't do that. That's (laughs) dumb. So, I mean, I'd like to see Salah learn. And everybody says he's a great guy. I don't know him. But, but uh, i like to see Salah be a little less personable yeah. and a little bit more coachable. But I do think at the end of the day, Salah will be back next year. I love that. Uh, by the way, Beningo is going to be on this show tomorrow. And he does. Uh, you're right. Salah, for some reason, relies on him. But then again, don't forget, your, your, you know, your old partner, Mike, used to tell us that uh, Bill Parcells never makes a decision without calling Mike first. Uh, finally, <laughs> Chris, on the way out in the last 60 seconds, week one next year, is Daniel Jones the Giants quarterback? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think he will be. Um, you know, I think he will be. First off, he's going to be on a team because they got too much money uh, invested in him, so he has to be on a team. I don't think the Giants are going to be high enough in the draft order to get either May, who I don't like, out of North Carolina, and Khalid Williams out of USC. You know, Carolina, the Bears. So from that perspective, I think the Giants might even win another game or two. So they'd be in the middle of the pack. In, well, not middle of the pack, but they'd be like eighth or ninth with the drafting order, sixth, something along those lines. So I don't think they'd I think they'd get a quarterback maybe, but I don't think that they will draft the guy that they have to play right out of the gate. So I do think Daniel Jones will be the quarterback next year for the Giants. And that's a tricky spot. Uh, you know, he's okay. He's not great. He's okay. Are you winning a championship with Daniel Jones? Asking a lot. Probably not. But they made a huge investment in him. This year you kind of got to throw out. So I do think Jones will be the quarterback next year. You know, everybody tells me, by the way, that the coaches hate Brian Dable. Everybody I talk to. Yeah. You know, well, I know, I know I that, uh, I know that uh, the, 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 uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, Chris, Wink Martindale, hates his guts. Everybody can't stand him. So that is something I keep an eye on if I'm a giant. Mm. If I'm a fan, mm. wow, really? Dable is that difficult with his staff that the whole world can't stand him? Interesting. That is not what you want yep. if you're a head coach. So I would keep an eye on that. And I've heard that from people who would know. So that would that bothers me a little bit with Dable. But wow. I do think at the end of the day that Joe's will be the quarterback. And, and Dable will be back. Listen, uh, I love you. You, Jeannie, your beautiful family. Have a Merry Christmas. You've always been great to me, Chris. And I, when I introduce you, I mean all those things. I really think you're the best ever. And unlike Brian Dable, everybody loves you because you're all you're all too willing to give, man. You're great. So thank you for this wonderful appearance. Happy holidays. And I look forward to our next conversation. I love you, pal. Thank you. Good job, uh, Sydney. Good story, by the way, on your niece, nieces and nephews. I heard thank that. you. Good story. Thank you, Good doggy. Story, thank you, buddy. Okay, God bless you. you got it.
All right. There he is, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who, again, is not just the best sports talk show host ever. He's a legitimately sweet man. He's a good, good guy.